that's what matters. Welcome back to Self Love Lounge. I'm so excited about today because this guest has been here before and she's back. And this time we're coming in with an episode that's going to be a little bit more vulnerable and talking about like the changes that we're both in, how different it looks, but very similarly of how we feel in, in these moments of changes. And so before we even get into it, please introduce yourself to us again. Again, hi. <laughs> Thank you again for having me. My name is Alexa. Uh, I previously I was here with my partner in crime, I guess you call her, my work partner in some aspect from Earth Air Intuitive. I'm so excited to uh, ask to come back and chat about something different and new. No, me too. I feel like when we're all in a period of change and personally for me having to graduate and then you feel this like feeling of loss and being scared and uncomfortable it's almost like a change that I was like bracing myself for and like sometimes even wishing for and I guess now being at this stage how can we embrace change instead of resisting it as like we always try to do sometimes Mm -hmm. that's so tough (laughs) (laughs) I I hear you um I think that, I mean, my own perspective in, um, is that we so often, we're always looking for the change. Like we're always, yeah. we're, we're, we're close to accomplishing one thing and then, but we're already working on what the next thing is going to be and whether it's our career or, okay, we've bought a home and now we need to start a family or, okay, we've started a family and now we need a bigger, more expensive car. You know, like it's always yeah. something, but I think it all goes back to that age old thing of expectation. And Mm -hmm. we often have this idea of what this is going to feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then when we're in it, it's usually so different than we expected. That is so true. Yeah. And I think like for me, it's reminding myself that essentially any change, whether it's a career or a relationship or, you know, whatever it may be that changes growth, you know, and growth is new. And Mm -hmm. new is not familiar because familiar in itself is something we've done over and over or seen over and over. And and anytime we're in something unfamiliar, we might feel a little bit uncomfy. Yes. And that's Um, the scary, that's the scary part where we're like, oh, like this feels uncomfortable, but then it's like, okay, growth is coming in this moment. Right. And I think if you're uncomfortable and which you would be, and it's expected, Mm -hmm that you have to just remind yourself maybe that like everything becomes familiar in time. And so that comfortable feeling you were used to that you're kind of longing for when the change comes and you like want to run back to what feels familiar, remind yourself that like oftentimes we, we did most of the time ask for this. We worked for it, whether it was the education and the, or the job. So being uncomfortable doesn't mean that something's wrong. We tell ourselves, (laughs) this doesn't feel right. I don't like this. Just give it some time. Let it become familiar and then decide if that familiar feeling feels good or does it still feel wrong? Yeah, that leads me to recently I've started therapy and um, we're going into like hypnosis and like going back to like your memories. And I have this thing where I 
have like a control mechanism where I like to know what's going to happen next. And um, I went into like my first hypnosis and it was new and I was like, this is so weird. But then the second session, because I was so familiar from the first time, it wasn't as exciting. You know, you get used to it and then you're like, what's Mm -hmm. the next thing? And so I guess like, how do we just like pause, embrace the present moment and just content with where we're at? Yeah, content. That that's a hard one to do too. But I think because I'm a little older mm-hmm. than you, like a lot older, <laughs> and and it took a lot of practice to get to that. Um, I think it, it's the same thing. We we're conditioned to think that once we've gotten to a place, we need to quickly move out of it and into the next greatest place. Yeah. Um, but savoring kind of the reward of what it took to get there, even just the therapy that you've started, like what did it take to make the call, to make the appointment, to make the time and your Mm -hmm. schedule, to be vulnerable, just being in it and the education, the masters, the whole nine yards. Like this is so much work. Anything we do, the effort. So when I find myself personally Mm -hmm. sitting in something that I'm like, okay, I've done it. What's next? Yeah. I try to remember like, wait a minute here. You deserve to sit in this moment and kind of relish in all that effort and take a break too, because mm-hmm. when we jump from one to the next, we're just exhausting our mental selves, you know, yes. and exhausting our spirit. We're also sometimes, I think, confusing ourselves. Last week, I totally wanted to just be here today and here's today. And all I can think about is tomorrow. I feel like imposter syndrome is like something oh that I personally experience and like so many women experience as well. Mm-hmm. Like when you start a new job and then you don't feel like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, you don't feel like you are meant to be here or you think somebody else deserves this because this is like overly qualified. How do you navigate having a syndrome? Because I have no idea. I am laughing at this one so hard because this has literally been my day today. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so many days in the last seven weeks, I recently just um, got a new job. Mm -hmm. And it was one that I sort of had a five-year goal for and I went for it at year three, um, never thinking I would get it, literally telling everyone, including myself, I'll just post for it. I'll just do the testing. And I got the the job. It's incredibly intense. And just like so many things that we take on in life are, you know, and imposter syndrome is rearing its ugly head. (laughs) And, um, And I find myself daily, especially today, yeah. Just just saying like, oh, okay, you're not smart enough for this. You're too old for this. Or, you know, everyone else seems to be getting it better than you. How did they think you can do this? Mm-hmm. You must have somehow fooled them into thinking that you're going to be good at this. Yeah. Um, and it was actually a colleague because I shared my feelings with somebody, which is not common because I don't mm-hmm. know the people that much in this virtual environment. Yeah. But this colleague said, if you were able to convince them that you were good enough for this, it's because a part of you believed it in that moment too. You're not that good at being fake. You're just not. And so I think I'm going to take that going forward. I like Like, that. Yeah. And remind myself, like I was convinced. It's not that I convinced them. I was Mm. convinced and and I'm, I'm capable. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good um, colleague to even say that. I know. Yeah. But one of the pieces as well is age. Cause like, even when I walk into my role, I I felt like I was like too young on the other side. Like some people could walk in and in in a crowd full of like younger people and they feel like that imposter syndrome. And so I think I'm learning about that right now. Like that transitional period of like, maybe I'm like feeling really young, but then somebody else could walk in and feel like the opposite, but instill that same feeling of like, just like not feeling like you belong. Yeah. And that is a lifelong feeling. I think it doesn't matter what it is, whether you're young and you're, you know, whatever 
school, your school experiences or your jobs or, but even I've been on both ends of that. Um, I was a super young mom mm-hmm. and I would roll up to the school with my kids, all the same age as the other moms, but the moms were, were older than me. And I was mm. a young mom, you know? Right. So I always sort of felt like I, I didn't really belong. And then, and then now even in my environment of work, I'm definitely one of the older ones, but mm. I think maybe that we have to remember we all bring something to the table. Yeah. You as a, as one of the younger ones, let's say, probably have this knowledge of something that I definitely don't, whatever that may be, and definitely mm-hmm. the same for me. Yeah. So just kind of finding that thing that at the beginning might make you feel different. Yeah. And even though you you may be being that you're younger or you don't have as much experience or whatever, but what do I have that they don't that I can mm-hmm. offer to share? Like think about it like coming to a, you know, a potluck. We all get to put something down. Yes. And it's for everyone. It's probably something different from everyone, but it's all just yeah. as important, important, you know? Yeah. I like that. I like that analogy. I always like when you um bring up like analogies because then I I don't know, I can really real visualize it. Um I'm always about and that's my thing. I've yeah. got to compare it back to something and it's usually something so basic, but Yeah, but it really like sits with you and kind of like transitioning from my next question, but goodbyes are always really oh. hard for me. I feel like when I first met you and Lisa, I was like in a period of transitioning from leaving my old friends and walking on my own and learning about myself, I guess. And then now I feel like I'm exactly in this stage again, but this time I feel more confident to navigate life with like no friends at this moment, because I know that it's time for me to be my own friend again. Oh, um, I love that though. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm your friend. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Could be your mom, but I'm still your friend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Goodbye is, is, is a change that we can never be really prepared for. So what does it mean if something in your life that you've grown to love forever doesn't fit anymore? Gosh, that's such a huge one. When you have friendships, especially or relationships, like it's a little yeah. easier to let go of something like a hobby or an interest, you know, yeah. and, but relationships, it's harder to recognize Again, it goes back to change for me. And over the last few years, I've found myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) moved away from some significant friendships that I had in my life for a really long time. And as well, a marriage, like a 20 year marriage. And um, but it it, like it didn't fit. Right. And the friendships Mm -hmm. didn't fit. We we grow again, like the whole thing of change and things don't always fit when we grow it's funny like speaking of analogies I have to tell you for this one Mm -hmm. when you're bringing it up it's reminding me of this when I was in elementary school and I I have had to come to a place where I can look back on my friendship outgrowths we'll call Mm -hmm. them yeah um, and look at it in the same way so it seems so silly but I remember in my elementary school time I I got this jacket Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the jacket was a purple acid wash jean jacket (laughs) (laughs) And it was so cool. And, and um, I, I just loved it, you know, but it, I really did a kind of identify, this was my style. This is how I'm going to present myself to all these kids. This is, this is me. Everybody liked it. It was like a topic of conversation and it really became a little piece of my identity. Like when you're little, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. And over time, gradually, you know, I grew away from that mm-hmm. style. I, I almost, I actually got to the point where I was like, Ooh, I can't believe I ever liked that. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I know it seems small and and little, but if, but if you can look back and go, 
okay, that was ridiculous that I wore that jacket. And how did I think I was so cool? But also those were such fun times. And I had so many good memories that way that Mm -hmm. I can sort of bless and release, you know? Yes. And I feel like in friendships, like it's okay to say that at that point in my life, that was who I was in those moments and in that part and that time of my growth. And those people in my life were on the same, you know, energetic path Mm -hmm. as me, but we grow and we change. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we do that in different directions. And so instead of mourning it, I mean, unless it was a tragedy of of some awful nature, but instead of mourning it, look at it like outgrowing the jacket or maybe outgrowing the style and saying to yourself, that was a really great time for a lot of that time, but Mm -hmm. I'm just not that same vibe anymore. I'm a little bit different now and I've changed. And yeah, and we have to make room for new in our life. When you, I don't know, have a pair of shoe that you're like yes. obsessed with and then you're just like, oh, that was like the ugly thing. <laughs> but the then perfume. you saw some love for it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. My heart really resonate with that because I also feel like I'm at the stage where I'm like in HR. So I'm thinking analogies in HR, but like auditing your life and just having an Excel sheet and being like, does this fit? Does this not fit? And then you're just filtering it out. But I think like I struggle with on the receiving end, you're coming with a lot of love and understanding that you just don't feel like you can be there in that person's life because you have to protect your own energy and you have to also grow and staying in this friendship might not allow you to grow. And so how do you handle or process your emotions when when the receiving end may not may not see what you see? I'm not the greatest at that uh, yet. <laughs> I hope that one day I'll be better. Oh my goodness. Because mm-hmm. we're sensitive and uh, and most yeah. of us are. I used to look for justification. So I would look for a reason to be like, okay, you know what? Now I can say that I don't Mm. feel that this fits for me. And I used to do so much sort of inventory, like, okay, here's the pros, here's the cons. But now a little bit later in my life, I sort of just, if I'm spending a lot of the time not wanting to be in this person's presence, or maybe not wanting to fulfill the commitments I might've made Mm -hmm. with this person, let's say, I feel like I have to, to look at it in terms of, I deserve the comfort Mm -hmm. of a friendship that brings something to the table for the two of us. And I, I still go back to that same thing that was said to me so long ago, you know, if I'm not happy, if I'm not feeling it, then the other person can't be by default. Yes. I am not a hundred percent my authentic self giving even I might tell myself I am, mm-hmm. but if I'm in a moment with you and I am not authentically feeling it, like I'm not really in it, yeah. then on some level you have got to be feeling that. And and even though that it's hard to say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not I just don't feel like we're in the same place and this energy is not really flowing the same the same direction it used to be or this isn't working mm-hmm. for me anymore. I try to tell myself that whatever relationship it is that I'm needing to move away from, mm-hmm. I am doing that person a service yes. as well as myself. Cause then it doesn't feel so selfish. Like mm-hmm. I am not being the genuine friend that you deserve and that I really want to be or the partner that you deserve and that I really want to be. Cause I do want to stay true to the idea and the belief that I am a considerate person. And that I do care. I will set that person free as well. So they can have space in their life for the next person yes. that's going to join them. Yeah. yeah. That's that. I just, um, I just recently went through a friendship breakup. What you just oh. said is what I delivered to the, to that person. And on the receiving end, it was like a ghosting and just kind of processing that is such a weird 
space to be in because you're like being your most authentic self and you're coming with a lot of love and you have a lot of you know love for this person but then you have to now grieve this this friendship and say goodbye in in a way that kind of shows this person's true colors by ghosting or whatever the response would have been yeah goodbyes are really tough ghosting this is like a new thing <laughs> holy hannah and you know what honestly i can admit so i have i have been ghosted I am currently being ghosted, but I've done it as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I, I didn't do it to as my initial, but I find that like you're saying, you come with love and you give them your, you're open and you're authentic and you tell them how you yeah. feel. And then when it isn't received well, like I've done that. And I think in my mind, I thought, well, they'll accept this because I'm being mm-hmm. authentic and open, but instead it turns into a ping pong match. And I think mm-hmm. by the time you're at the place where you're ready to make the break, you don't have a whole lot more to say once you've come to that place, you know? And so when you don't get the response back that you expect, even if it's not ghosting and you get this like maybe confrontational response or this defensive response, I've done it. I've ghosted. I've been like, I've told you how I Mm -hmm. feel. I'm not going to continue. And I've had to walk away to protect my own energy. Mm -hmm. Don't feel good about that. They'll tell you that I've done it once and didn't know how to deal. I don't think I would do it that way again, but yeah. I feel like I've probably ghosted before as well. And I I think it's like such a weird dynamic because I try to just think of it. Everyone's going through their own journey and your energy and this person's energy is not aligning at this moment and maybe in the future, but in this moment, like it's just friction, I guess. Yeah. And there's sometimes really nothing more to say. And sometimes, I guess, especially now in these times Mm -hmm. where people are rarely ever in person and face-to-face having these hard conversations, ghosting is, is... it is the goodbye. And it's Mm -hmm. the inability to recognize that this is someone's way of saying goodbye, that it's a hard one to process. Because I learned through my own therapy that actually, Mm -hmm. you know, the silent treatment, it it hits the way physical, the brain registers at times. So it's a difficult one to To process. process. Yeah. Yeah. Just like in friendships in general, as you like get older, you kind of want different things. I used to like preach for friendships that are empowering and that's great. But right now I'm in a friendship season where I just want to make memories. I just want to go for walks and like just relax and um, because life is really short. And it's really busy. And I think we're all grinding to, you know, to make our life what we need it to be or what we want it to be. Mm -hmm. And it's I love the term friendship season. That's such a great term. Yeah. Um, Because that's what oftentimes friendships are. And I think it's okay Mm -hmm. to recognize that we all have needs. They have needs in a friendship and so do we. Mm -hmm. And if right now your need is that, um, then it's okay to seek out those friendships. And if you can't find those in this moment, it's okay to not and yeah. to just make those memories with and for yourself or or whatever yeah. it can be. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a lot of time. But also boundaries always come up in, in my life. And I'm always having to audit my boundaries as well because sometimes you have to make them stronger. But I find like sometimes because I'm so like empathic and also very sensitive, but also a really good listener, I feel like there are times when I, I'm not sure when to... I guess like have boundaries and friendships where people in my life are not like dumping their emotional, you know, problems, which is like fair and valid. And I would love to be there for them. But at times there's no like, hey, do you mind if we like talk? It's just like dump. And then I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like I, I'm already depressed and now I feel more depressed. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like depression times a hundred. Yeah. And so how do you deal with um just like creating boundaries? Because you're also like, you have so many gifts and like people are probably oh. like talking to you about so many different things. How do you create boundaries for yourself? 
That's so funny. Actually, myself and Lisa have this conversation on the daily. I mm-hmm. even had it today. Um, it is really, really challenging to mm-hmm. create boundaries because intuitively, you know, when you, you talk about having gifts, well, part of what I do and part of what I identify as somebody that um, gives mm-hmm. through through that gift, right? I, I help yeah. people with my intuition or whatever you want to call it. And um, so I do feel sort of a sense of duty. Mm-hmm. But as I'm getting older again, I'm, I'm recognizing that um, my boundaries are like to protect my personal, uh, what it, well, my kids called it the other day. And I loved this. It's like their, their social or emotional battery. What I'm finding now that's working better for me is just being really honest. Yes. It's not easy to be super honest because we're worried we're going to hurt someone's feelings, but I find it's easier than mm-hmm. dodging. Mm-hmm. more than just giving, giving, giving and taking on everybody else's stuff. And yeah. so I will gently say, mm-hmm. you know, when people are bringing you all their stuff, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, I feel so bad that you're going through that. That's awful. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm not a counselor, so I might not have the best advice or I've never really been through that. So I don't really know what to say, but I can mm-hmm. offer you an hour of laughs. Like, do you want to yeah. go get a coffee and go for a walk? I, I yeah. do not want to be the 24 seven counselor. I can't. Yes. I also learned this in therapy, but like sometimes you could be at 30%, you could be at 40%. You're like functioning at that, at that percentage. And at times you just kind of need to like put your phone down or, or I don't know, I'm, I'm struggling with boundaries right now. I think yeah. friendships and people just like dumping everything. And then you're like, yeah. you know, feeling so like, I don't know what to do, but I want to be there because you care about this person. I would be okay with it if someone said to me, like, I'm, I hear what you're saying and my heart, it, you know, feels for you. Mm-hmm. I need to be honest. I don't really have space for this right now mm-hmm. to carry this for you. Yeah. Um, I would, I would love to be there for you, but I, I can't do that today. Like, or, or maybe we could talk about this yeah. in a few days. Um, you know, I think it's okay to say, I, I love you and I love spending time with you. And it, I hate to hear that you're sad or you're struggling. Mm-hmm. I've, I have faith in who you are that you're going to get through this. But if I'm being truly honest, I just don't have, have space right now. Yeah, I'm carrying my load as well. And I just, uh, I can't take it on at this moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you can ever really say anything that is well received in that. Yes. But at least you <laughs> yeah. can say at the end of the day, you were authentic. People yeah. can get upset about it. Again, like that wavelength, are you guys, you know, on the same length of like understanding each other and showing compassion? Yeah, maybe it is okay to to set those boundaries, even if you're like scared to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I had a friend who wanted to confide in me and I just absolutely love this person. And she said to me, I said, you know, how's your day? How was your day today or whatever? How was your weekend? And it hadn't gone well for her. And she knew that I kind of had a few things going on on my own, but she actually said my weekend wasn't that great. But before I launch into my story, do you have space for this today? Like, or do you want to put a pin in this and we'll talk about it in a few days? Cause I'm sure it's not going to get better in a few days and we get, and I was like, you know what? I appreciate that so much that you asked. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I don't. I love you so much, but let's talk about this in a few days. And I felt so respected. Like maybe if you can start that yourself by Mm -hmm. getting it before they do. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when they say, Hey, Arena, how was your weekend? It was like, you know what? It was a bit of a struggle, but you know, do you have space to hear about it? Like, do you have emotional space to Mm -hmm. hear about it right now? Or do you want to just glaze over it and go, go for a coffee? Like, yeah, 
sometimes people want the Disneyland answer. I like to call it. They don't want the truth. (laughs) Yeah. I really like that. It's almost like being your own friend before somebody else's and like, you're kind of just like embodying what you wish someone would have done for you and you have to do it for yourself first. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to ask all the time. How are you? Mm -hmm. It's okay. If you already know that you're having a day and let's say that, you know, you're going to meet up with someone or have a phone conversation. You don't need to be like, how are you? Mm-hmm. you, you don't have to start it like that. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you know, so talk about something else if you can. Yeah. Um, how do we know when we are attracting abundance in our lives or if we're blocking our blessing due to our fears that are manifested instead? Because yeah. I realized for me, I really truly understood manifestation because I used to be like, oh, like I'm going to manifest, I don't know, love or whatever it was that I was manifesting, there were so many fears into my life. But then before I received my Carlton application, you've been in this process with me. Yes. (laughs) So excited for you. Yeah. And once I went there, which I didn't want to go, I was like, I'm not going to like it. It's going to be horrible. And then I went and for some reason, my soul was just like, this is like my place. And then I was on the plane. And I just remember like a moment of gratitude of like my whole life. It wasn't just like the application process anymore. It was like my whole life. I just felt so grateful, even the bad times. And I felt gratitude for the first time. And I know sometimes you're practicing gratitude, but in this moment, it was just like a powerful one. You know, I I still, I firmly believe that um, when you went there before you got the acceptance, first of all, that that's magical in itself because your soul knew. And I Mm -hmm. really believe that, you know, your spirit called that in for you. Yes, I think Um, so. Taking you there most likely to, uh, to ease the fears that you had even subconsciously before you knew you were getting in. And, and I believe just from conversations we've had that you did manifest that and, and you, but you were able to see it and appreciate it rather than be led completely by the fear. Fear is supposed to, it thinks it's protecting us, right? That little mm-hmm. voice is like, no, 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 be safe. But it, it so often just gets carried away and it, it gets a little confused as to what is actually a danger and what is not. And it starts yeah. bringing up all these reasons in our mind. Yeah. Oh, it's this, this will fail. And it's funny because how, how, how do I manage that? I mean, I, I'm, I'm a scaredy cat. I'm not great at it either, but I definitely will ask myself when I'm in that moment, let's use this job interview, for example, like, mm-hmm. I, I wanted it, I saw the postings multiple times, and I didn't go for it, fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting to this realization that I was getting irritated in the job I was at. And I, I'm better than this, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of a thought. And I believed in myself, and I knew that I was going to do it. And anyways, when when the opportunity showed up, I, I asked for that opportunity to mm-hmm. pop up. Yeah. And it did in, in such a strange way. I, I was ready. I was prepared. And, and then I freaked out. Yeah. I literally freaked out. And I'm like, no, you can't do this. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not. But you have to ask yourself in those moments when you're terrified, did I ask for this opportunity? Mm. Because if I did, there had to have been a moment, whether it's the relationship, the guy you like that's asked you out, the girl you like that's asked you out, you know, whatever it is, where he's shown up and where where you never would have expected. And mm-hmm. oh my goodness, here's my moment. Did I ask for this in some way? Did I did I manifest this moment? Mm-hmm. Because oh <laughs> yeah. how do you get it back if you run away from it? Yeah. You might not. Mm-hmm. And I can surely say that I will regret the chance I don't take if I'm if I'm scared it's like karaoke you're like you so badly want to do it but you can't and then when the bar lights come on and the karaoke's over you're like Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Why didn't I sing, you know? Yeah. So I feel like regret is haunting and fear yes. will lead us right to regret's door almost every single time. Yeah. And, and I would rather say that, oh my goodness, I maybe wasn't ready for that or it didn't work out the way I expected or maybe I wasn't even good at it mm -hmm. than say, oh my gosh, I'll never get that chance again. How did I let that go? You yeah. idiot, you're so scared. Like, I don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And I almost feel like anytime I've ever felt fear, or like I feel so scared for this, it's always been like the right decision for me to go towards it because you have to face them. It's kind of like um, being scared of like monsters under your bed and then you check yeah. and there's nothing there, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then you're like the strongest, most bravest person yes, in the world. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You conquered it. You conquered your fears. But I think we're just afraid of the unknown. And I recently saw someone just quit on the spot and the person realized like, this is not for me um, right away and marched into the office and was like, hey, I'm resigning and I'm ending on Friday. And it was like such an empowering moment for that person to realize like, this is not for me. Sometimes you think in your head and you're like, oh, like, <laughs> you know, when you were in a job that you hate and you're just like, what I'm if quitting. <laughs> yeah, what if one day I marched into the office and I'm just like, bye, with your peace mm -hmm. sign, you're just like, I'm over it. Personally, I'm just not that person or I'm, I'm more like strategic and I'll like apply for a job and do like the societal way of exiting. <laughs> but, but sometimes I've done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've marched out. Oh, you Scary. have? Oh, I have. Yeah. Oh my God. I oh, yeah. have to know. <laughs> I have done it. Oh, and let me tell you, was it dramatic? And was I dramatic? I was so much yeah. more dramatic in my younger days. But mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, I marched out with a great one-liner slinging wow. my purse, you know, at the age of 24, like I'm out of here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and it was great. It was a great feeling. I mean, until the next morning when I couldn't figure out how I was going to make rent, but, oh no. Yeah. Wow. But I don't, I didn't regret leaving. Mm -hmm. I regretted the hot-headed moment of marching out the way I did. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I've done that a few times. So I'm not yeah, lie. I'm doing this new thing where I'm going to ask three questions, and okay. um, you kind of tell me the first thing that comes to mind. So the first one is: the more change I've resisted, the more I've come to believe. Oh my goodness! Okay. Mm -hmm. the more change, I guess. Honestly, I feel like the first thing that comes to mind is sort of what I had just said, like that. For me, I, I've come to believe that the feeling of regret is just so much heavier and uncomfortable than mm. recognizing that, okay, it didn't work. Um, yeah. So the more change for me that I've resisted, and I have. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all have, yeah. Almost like nine out of 10 <laughs> times I look back and go, oh man, why didn't I just try it? Why didn't mm -hmm. I just go for it? Yeah, that's, it's just not the great feeling, you know? Yeah, I also resonate with that completely. And Good answer as well. The second question is hardship has a way of showing us. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> hardship. I I think that hardship has a way of showing me like kind of when you're out of it, you mm. go through that period of hardship has a way of showing me what my real priorities are. Yeah. Like when I'm in that place where things are just really difficult or I'm down mm -hmm. on my luck, whether whatever it may be for people who might be like, I don't know, experiencing transition of relationship or transition of jobs or finances or whatever. I've really seen where my priorities are, what's mm -hmm. really most important to me when I'm at, in the darkest place there. And of course, it shows me my resilience. And then the last one is um, with what you've learned so far, what do you hope for yourself in the future? Hmm. Well, with what I've learned, I I hope that I can I hope that I can keep finding softness in my spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that 
this is a tough world, especially for the younger people coming up in it. And I hope that I can keep pushing myself as I'm getting older to continue to be brave and sort of Mm -hmm. stand in the temporary discomfort of change so that I can also continue to grow. But mostly just that I can hold on to that that softness of my spirit because all around us things just keep getting tougher and tougher and I think we need to try to chill and and remain in that in that soft place yeah yeah that's a good answer yeah uh to wrap this up where can we find you on social media and also like the readings that you and Lisa do and Mm -hmm. um tell us all about it Absolutely. So Lisa and I are still continuing to do our thing. Earth Air Intuitive on uh, on Instagram is our social media platform. You can book through us that way if you'd like to have a, a spiritual reading or an intuitive counseling session, um, whatever you'd like to call it, a spring cleaning. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and as well, I'm sort of working on my own little podcast inspired by Arena. Oh my goodness. Oh my God, that's so yeah. I actually took the, the big leap. Yeah. So um, all I've really gotten to so far is one episode in the trailer. I mean, it's quite a bit of uh, vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that I'll be posting that on my personal uh, social media, which is just on Instagram, you know, Alexa Nickel, uh, 43, yeah. I believe I am. Yeah. Do you have but the name of the podcast yet or not yet? I do. I do. I do. I, I totally changed. I kind of had that moment where I thought about what I wanted it to represent and the name kind of came to me. So um, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be called In Your Corner. Oh, wow. I love that. Thank wow. you. That is yeah. so different. I love that. In Your Thank Corner. You. The idea around it is just to create a space mm-hmm. where you feel like you've got someone in your corner. I kind of mm-hmm. want to be that person and, and just, um, the cozy, you know, the cozy friend's house that you go to or the, mm-hmm. the phone call you make where you feel like you can just curl up and be like, hey, I need yeah. to talk to you. I love it. That's what I want. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome.